Christmas time is here. Welcome back to the Stew Effect. I'm Stuart Myers. We are Thursday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. And for all of the children out there, Santa Claus will be coming tonight. Don't worry. He is an essential service. Santa Claus will be coming and you will have presents by your chimneys tomorrow morning. And of course, leave your milk and cookies out, but keep a two meter distance uh, from Santa. And the song you heard to open the show is called Christmas Time is Here from a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's by Vince uh, Guaraldi, and uh, it's a great Christmas song. You know Christmas is here when you hear that song. We have plenty to get to. Uh, what you need to know in news and sports, we have plenty. And an, a take on life today, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. We'll look at the top 20 Christmas movies of all time or movies around Christmas of all time. And more right here on The Stew Effect on Anchor FM and on Spotify or where all other podcasts are uh, done. So without further ado, here is what you need to know. As the province prepares for another lockdown, Quebec reported Thursday that 2,349 more people have tested positive for COVID-19 in the province, bringing the total number of positive cases to 105,872 since the start of the pandemic. 892 more people tested positive in Montreal, just one shy of Montreal's record high of 893. There were 324 more cases in the Montérégie and another 215 in Laval. The Quebec Institute of Public Health reports that there are 19,758 active novel uh, coronavirus cases and that 1,926 more people have been have recovered from the disease, bringing that total to 158,201. In addition, the province added 46 deaths due to the disease, including 13 in the past 24 hours, 29 between December 17th and December 22nd, and two occurred before December 17th, and two reported at an unknown date. The total number of people who have died due to the, the novel coronavirus is now 7,913 since the start of the pandemic. The province reports that it gave out 3,942 doses of vaccine Wednesday for a total of 11,000 171. Hospitalizations decreased in the province with 15 fewer people receiving care in Quebec hospitals uh, than on Wednesday for a total of 10 from 1,052 of those. 146 are in the intensive care ward, an increase of four. Healthcare professionals analyzed 40,358 samples December 24th. Quebec, of course, released its testing data from two days prior to its daily updates. Meantime, 15-minute COVID-19 tests have officially arrived in Quebec, meaning not just the physical tests, which arrived weeks ago, but the beginnings of a widespread campaign to use them across the province. That could be a game-changer since it's coming just in time for the province's 18-day pause beginning Christmas Day, experts say. If combined with quick contract, contract tracing, rapid COVID-19 tests can actually shut down outbreaks before they start. 
In this scenario, the majority of the people you infect will be uh, latent, meaning infected but not yet contagious. In other words, during a province-wide lockdown, if citizens cooperate by strictly staying home, the tests could help health authorities do a full court press on the outbreaks that remain. Dr. Matthew Otten, an infectious disease specialist at McGill University, said that a take uh, to take good advantage of a circuit breaker like like the one Quebec is about to begin, you must also launch wide-scale rapid testing. And who gets rapid tests? While slow to adapt, rapid testing, which arrived in many places across Canada throughout the fall, uh, Quebec now has 1.3 million rapid tests in hand, and equally importantly, it's largely learned how to use them. The rapid tests were used December 7th in Quebec City. The province says and the exper experimentation moved on to a bigger scale last week. And, um, and one worry that the rapid tests is that they're not as accurate as the lab-based tests, which creates a serious risk of people who get a false negative can have false confidence going out and infecting even more people. And uh, COVID-19 has put more than a crimp on Christmas this year for many people, overshadowing the hardship for one Montreal family through, through uh, is the joy that will come from seeing their almost three-year-old son walk for the first time. Provincial of Montreal, uh, for, for, the, uh, for the first time, um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, COVID-19, um, the SQ reported that all, they also gave, uh, sorry, Montreal SPVM reported Monday that officers handed out 300 and 35 tickets between December 14th and December 20th, while the Sûreté de Québec gave out 68 fines during that same period. Provincial Montreal Police more than doubled the number of tickets they handed out last week to people disobeying the health measures as officers give out, gave out fewer warnings and more fines. Much of the SPVM's tickets appear to have been handed out during Sunday's demonstration against the health measures where police said they handed out 269 infractions. Montreal police said they received 530 calls during that same week. The SQ reports they also gave out 585 warnings over the week. By comparison, the SPVM reporting reported handing out 74 tickets, 587 calls, between December 7th and December 13th, while the SQ doled out 34. And 785 warnings, SPVM uh, spokesperson Jean-Pierre Barabin said officers are handing out more tickets and less warnings now, but that patrol remains stable. From, December, uh, from November 30th to December 20th, the SPVM handed out 544 uh, tickets, uh, 544, 1,546 tickets for those either not wearing a mask, gathering, or failing uh, failing to properly distance themselves from others. 1,527 calls, which is 106 more than the number handed out in November, 438. The SPM reported handing out 3,819 infractions, 477 per month from March to November. The SQ gave 121 tickets in December in addition to giving 8,057 warnings and advising 18,873 drivers of the health measures that were in force. On Montreal's South Shore, Longueuil police issued 27 tickets from December 1st to 22nd and received 168 calls regarding regulations up to December 18th. Laval spokesperson Evelyn Boudreau said officers to the north of Montreal have handed out 17 tickets in December. 
Meantime, nurses in Montreal's emergency rooms are being asked to cancel their vacations in response to staff shortages in hospitals. In an internal memo obtained uh, by CTV News, that's the source, emergency room ER staff at the Lakeshore General Hospital were asked to either make themselves more available over the holidays or cancel their vacations. According to the memo, if staff did not, did not decide on one of those options, a choice would be made for them. Staff, in order to maintain minimally adequate and safe coverage over during this period, we have no choice but to take certain measures, read the memo. A staff member who prefers to stay anonymous said the staff shortage was the result of a chronically mismanaged ER. In a statement to CTV News, a spokesperson for the West Island CIUSS said the situation at the lakeshore is demanding. In recent weeks, the nurses' union has drawn attention to a shortage of staff in the public sector, opting instead to enter the private system where wages are generally higher. One year before the pandemic hit at the age of 13 months, Aidan Gagne was happy and seemingly healthy boy, ready to take his first steps. Suddenly, his wife came to him and said, don't you think his legs are a little weak and dragging? said Aiden's father, Sebastien Gagné. Seeing that his condition had worsened overnight, Gagné and Aiden's mother, Marilène Baudouin, got Aiden to St. Justin's Hospital first thing in the morning. They, were, they weren't prepared for the shocking diagnosis. Aiden had a tumor the size of a small fingernail in the middle of his spine, crushing his spinal cord. The only option was to operate, the doctors told the parents, but the surgery itself was risky and could also cause paralysis. It was a dark time. When the anesthesia wore off, the couple discovered Aiden couldn't move his lower body, and they were devastated. Three days passed, and finally the toddler moved his right toe. They all cried. Everyone cried, even the nurses. The relief was short-lived. Just two months after the surgery, in March, the tumor grew back, and Aiden underwent another risky operation in July. Treatment didn't end there. After Aiden received chemotherapy once a week for about four months, and then, of course, COVID-19 reared its ugly head. The public health measures meant that Aiden's mother could no longer have her father accompany them on endless hospital visits and had to go at it alone. Progress was slow, but regular MRI scans showed the tumor had not returned and over many months and with hours of physiotherapy, Aiden grew stronger. Gagne and Baudouin transformed their basement into a playground place so Aiden could be as active as possible and practice all the new motor skills. And now for the first time, the toddler who turns three years old in January will be walking, likely running around the Christmas tree for the very first time. Relatives can expect a video call or two so they can all see Aiden's new moves and celebrate what is a major victory in COVID-19 times or not. Holiday shopping is coming to an end in most parts of Quebec as non-essential businesses have to, will have to close their doors this Friday until January 11th. The closure affects personal care, such as hair and nail salons, and big box stores will be, will be prohibited from selling goods that are non-essential. Grocery stores, pharmacies, garages, and pet stores will, however, remain open, and health services, such as dentists, will be maintained. Primary schools will also be closed until January 11th, and as previously announced for secondary schools, distance learning courses will be offered. Premier François Legault announced the measures on December 15th and explained that they would reduce the pressure on hospitals. Since that date, the number of hospital admissions of patients suffering from the coronavirus has steadily increased. There are now over a thousand of these patients in beds that cannot be used for other care. The government also announced the telework is compulsory uh, until January 11th for, off for office workers in the private and public sectors. Quebec provincial police have added the so-called pilote 
to the stars Normand Dubé to their most wanted list. Dubé was sentenced to nine years in prison in 2018 for arson and criminal harassment of three civil servants. And last year, he was sentenced to seven years in prison for deliberately cutting Hydro-Quebec power lines. He was out on bail while he appealed his case, but his bail was revoked last week for violating court orders. Dubé was supposed to check in to prison Thursday, but has yet to report to the police. His whereabouts remain unknown. Dubé was described as a pilot of pilot of the stars for his past work ferrying Quebec entertainers. The, the 2014 attack on the hydro line is said to have cost nearly $30 million to repair and left 180,000 people in the dark. A 57-year-old man was arrested on several charges after leading Quebec provincial police on a car chase shortly after midnight on Thursday. So the Quebec officers uh, out of the Candiac reported that officers responded to a call about an erratic driver on Highway 30 in Saint-Brunon-de-Monterville. They spotted the suspect parked on the shoulder of the highway. The driver got out of the vehicle and was allegedly caught committing an indecent act. An SQ newsletter reads, Upon seeing the officers, the man fled in his vehicle and a pursuit was initiated. Officers eventually found the vehicle in the ditch in Saint-Roch-de-Richelieu, about an hour east of Montreal. Police say the driver likely drove straight into the T-intersection at the end of the road and crashed. The man was arrested and suffered no injuries, police say, and he allegedly refused breathalyzer and drug tests. He was arrested and released on a promise to appear in court. He could face charges of refusing a request from a peace officer performing an indecent act, flight from police, and dangerous driving. His driver's license was suspended for 90 days, and his vehicle was seized for a month. Every holiday season comes with a slate of government services being closed, but in 2020, as with everything else, the list is longer. The city will continue to collect garbage, recycling, and others, but the schedule will change for the holidays. You can go on the website and enter your postal code on the city website to see uh, when it's going to come to find out the situation in your area. The SQ and the SD, SQDC will remain open through the lockdown. Hours for individual stores may vary. Check out the hours at your location. National Christmas Tree Collection will begin in January. Access Montreal offices and permit counters are closed from December 24th to January 4th. Municipal courts will close December 24th. The, the counter at 33 Notre Dame Street East will be, will be first to reopen December 28th. Echo centers will be closed December 24th and reopen January 4th. Indoor sports and recreation centers remain closed as ordered by the Quebec government to curb the spread of COVID-19. Certain uh, outdoor facilities may be open depending on the borough. The Grand Bibliothèque is open for contactless loans except from December 24th to December 26th and December 31st to December 2nd. The Biodome and Planetarium are closed. Outdoor access to the Botanical Garden is open for walking and cross-country skiing. The STM public transit services will be altered throughout the holidays. Visit stm.info for the details about the various routes. And Exo trains, bus, and paratransit services will be modified during the statutory holidays. Luthier James Klim holds up, hold, held up his right hand and shows the missing finger cut by a table saw years ago. Most people with such a run in with tables uh, saw would likely not turn to woodworking as a future career, but Klim uh, thinks about it differently than most. He recently realized that a building an electric guitar was so, much more challenging than thought, but he kept he kept at it, turning what started out as a functional hobby into a career. Now he, now he works with a team of six people in a St. Henry Co-op. They can turn out 10 guitars a month. Some of the clients 
His, uh, his list included Simple Plan, Alice Cooper, and ACDC. As the pandemic got underway, Klim changed up his guitar building patterns. Instead of doing purely custom work, he started the lines of guitars that he sells to retailers. Currently, those lines are being made with recycled skateboards, giving them a natural wood uh, look with the lines of random colors embedded in the wood. The Christ this Christmas, one of his co-workers had a wish for the guitars she was building. And... That's what you need to know in news. We'll be right back with what you need to know in sports. Back in a moment. Y'all ready for this? We are back, and here's what you need to know in sports. Montreal Canadiens fans will at long last get to see their Bleu Blanc Rouge play actual hockey game after what seemed like a decade but was actually just over four months as the NHL released its regular season schedule Wednesday. At least one superfan is ready. The Canadians posted a video featuring Elise Beliveau cooking lunches for the boy, the boys, cleaning their nameplates and vacuuming their locker room as players get ready to lace up and skate in empty arenas mid-January. Oh my gosh, is it ever looking good in here, says the widower of Habs legend Jean Beliveau en français. Well, you can come home now, boys. New season, new world. The Habs begin their uh, Canadian no fans, no Bruins, 56-game season January 13th in the same place they played in August. And the same place they usually start their season, Toronto. After playing their traditional division rival Toronto, Maple Leafs Montreal gets to swim through some new waters of the uh, COVID-19 era and plays in Edmonton twice against the Oilers before heading to the Pacific and playing the Vancouver Canucks three times. They have finally come home January 28th to the empty Bell Center to play for UP if he's allowed in the bubble. And the assembled training and coaching staff against the Calgary Flames twice to end the month. The regular season ends May 8th where it started Toronto with the second of two games against the Leafs. Those looking forward to judicial rivalry games against Boston, Philly, and Buffalo will have to wait for the playoffs, as it's an all it's all Canada all year this season with Ottawa and Winnipeg rounding out the division. After a surprising playoff run and quality off, uh, off season, quality off season, Habs fans will get to see the team's new addition, uh, new additions, how the team's new additions will fit in with emerging stars Nick Suzuki and Jasperi Kotaniemi. Established vets Jeff Petrie, Shea Weber, and Kerry Price, and the rest of the crew. In the offseason, uh, general manager Mark Bergevin snaps snag snipers Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson and defenseman Joel Edmonston, in addition to picking up Jake Allen to stop some pucks and give Price a night off more than he's used to. On draft day, the Canadians picked up eight players with a D-man, Caden Goulet, left-winger Luke Touche, and center Jan Mysak. All, as with all rookies, it remains to be seen which of the younger guns get a, a roster spot. Aside from the university truth that the Habs will, uh, universal truth, the Habs will always play the Leafs in the COVID-19 sports era. There's no guarantees, no historical precedents, and no predictions that can be based uh, anything. So it remains to be seen whether the Habs continue their fine form from August or regress to the team that lost eight straight from December 28th to January 9th last season. And the final words go to Elise Beliveau. Let's go, boys. Hey, boys. 
James Drysdale broke open a scoreless game at 3.52 of the first period as Canada defeated Russia 1-0 on Wednesday night uh, in the the only pre-competition match ahead of the 2021 IIHF World Juniors. The win for Canada may may have come at a price. Team captain Kirby Dash was injured shortly after Drysdale's goal uh, went into the net. Uh, Dash went in to check Ilya Sofanov in the neutral zone. Upon completing the check, Dash grabbed his right arm. He took the glove off the arm and skated off to the dressing room and did not finish the game. Team Canada coach Andre Andre Tourny told TSN's Ryan Rashog that they were there was no update on Dak's status for the tournament and more X-rays are needed. If Dak is no longer able to continue, Canada would not be able to replace their team captain given strict quarantine rules. And uh, the go the Canadian defenseman, defensive back uh, Benjamin Saint Just's collegiate career at Minnesota is over. The Gophers starting cornerback decided earlier this week to skip his remaining college eligibility and declare for the 2021 NFL draft. Sejris is six foot three, 200 pounds, a Montreal native, began his NCAA career at Michigan before transferring to Minnesota in 2019. He has registered 55 total tackles, 1.5 for loss in 17 career games with the Gophers. He said in a statement, thank you, Minnesota. I will forever be grateful for the opportunity to represent the University of Minnesota. Thank you to coach PJ Fleck, for giving me a chance to reach my dreams on and off the field. St. just tweeted, thank you to every single coach and staff member that pushed me to become a better a player and, a, and man. Huge thank you to the state of Minnesota and the Gopher fans for the, inc- their inc- uh, the incredible memories. St. just had four tackles in Minnesota's season-ending 20-17 to road loss to Wisconsin last week. He'll also be eligible for the 2021 CFL draft. And now look at the NFL Week 16. There are two weeks remaining in the 2020 NFL season, and there's still a lot of a lot to be determined. The AFC North, the NFC North, is uh, all up for grabs. The, the NFC, AFC North, the NFC, AFC South, the NFC East, and the NFC South and the NFC West divisions crowns are still up for grabs. The 16th week of the season is key for several teams, as uh, you're going to see. Expect the unexpected. There are teams who are not vying for a top draft pick and can, can play spoiler. Standings could shift and shape up a dramatic end to the season next week. And here's a quick preview of Week 16. The Saints and Vikings will play in the rare Christmas Day game. New Orleans is coming off a loss to the Chiefs, while Minnesota lost last week to the Bears. The Saints are hoping for home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and a win here could be vital. That game... Uh, is Christmas Day. It's Friday at 4.30 p.m. from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in New Orleans. The Lions and Buccaneers will square off on the day after Christmas, uh, the 26th. Uh, It's part of a three-game slate Saturday. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay are only a game away from at least a tie with the Saints in the NFC South. That game is at 1 p.m. on Friday, December 26th from Ford Field in Tampa Bay. The, Car- the Cardinals and the 49ers will play in the second uh, Saturday game. While San Francisco has been eliminated from the playoffs contention, Arizona is still holding on hope of a wild card spot. The Cardinals definitely need a victory in this game to continue those hopes. That game goes uh, at 4.30 on Boxing Day, well, which is supposed to be Boxing Day Saturday, from the State Farm Stadium in, Car- in uh, Arizona. 
The Dolphins could pick up their 10th win of the season with a victory over the Raiders. It would be the first time since 2016 that Miami would have 10 wins. Las Vegas, on the other hand, needs to win to prevent falling out of playoff contention. That game goes down also Boxing Day at 8.15 from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Between the Ravens and Giants on Sunday, both teams will be dying for a victory. Baltimore has looked good as of late. While New York took a loss to the Browns last week, a win for either team could mean playoffs uh, Playoffs come next month. That game goes out at 1 p.m. from M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore at 1 and then on Fox. The Texans and the Bengals would have liked to be playing for a playoff spot on Sunday, but instead their matchup will determine draft position, at least for Cincinnati. Houston's top draft pick belongs to the Dolphins, so you can bet that Miami will have an eye on this game. That game goes down from NRG Stadium in Texas at 1 p.m., also on Fox. Don't count out the Bears just yet. It's still a long shot, but Chicago could still make their way into the playoffs, but they need a win Saturday against the Jaguars. The Bears have quietly won two straight and can't falter in a game against Jacksonville. That game goes down at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville on Sunday at 1. The Chiefs will have to have the best record in the AFC and will move just one more week closer to the playoffs. The Falcons could potentially get a better draft pick with a loss. That game goes down, of course, Sunday at also 1 p.m. from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. The Browns could pick up their 11th win of the season against the Jets. Cleveland could be in line for its best record since 1994 and most wins since rejoining the NFL in 1999. A New York win could enrage fans even more. MetLife, that game goes down at MetLife Stadium in New York at 1 p.m. on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers will look to right their ship, uh, but have a tough challenge with the Colts. Pittsburgh is one uh, has, is one a three game is on a three game losing streak, while the Colts are on a three game winning streak. Indianapolis defense poses a tough challenge, but the AFC North and South divisions are on the line with the results. That game goes down at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh at 1 on Sunday. The Chargers and the Broncos beat in an AFC West rivalry game. It will feature young quarterbacks Justin Herbert and Drew Locke. Fans watching this game could get a glimpse into the future of the NFL. That game goes from Sofield Stadium in Los Angeles at 4 uh, at 4:05 on Sunday. The uh, Washington needs a win to move closer to an NFC East title. The Panthers have not played great this season, but play. Spoiler could be in the cards. The game is pretty important. That game goes down at FedEx Field in Washington uh, at 4.05 on Sunday. The Cowboys and Eagles have a classic NFC match, East matchup. Neither team is out of the playoffs just yet. Both teams need Washington to lose on Sunday. That game goes down from AT&T Stadium in Dallas on Sunday. The, the, the Rams are just uh, one back in the loss column from the Seahawks. With a win, Los Angeles could gain in the NFC West lead because their own they own the tiebreaker. This is one of the marquee matchups of the late afternoon slate on Sunday. Goes down from Lumen Field in Seattle um, at 4:25. The Packers and Titans are featured in one of the most interesting Sunday matchups of the season. The two teams are among the best in the NFL and should be fun to watch. With the offenses go back and forth at each other. That game goes from Lambeau Field in Green Bay at 8:20. That's the Monday night game, NBC and. Monday Night Football, the week will end with the Patriots and Bills playing in the NFC East rivalry matchup. Buffalo dethrone New England from the tip of the AFC East. It's their division title. 
It's their first division title in 25 years. The Patriots will look to stop the spiraling. That game goes down to that stadium in New England on Monday night on ESPN ABC, the Monday night football game. That's what you need to know in sports coming up. A take on life. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Stu Effect here on Anchor FM and on Spotify. It's our take on life right now, and we got a special take on life today. As, of course, today is Christmas Eve. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the top 20 Christmas movies of all time. We're going to – I'm going to read the Twas the Night Before Christmas poem, and then a special surprise. I will sing you guys out today special Christmas carol. So let's get started with the take on life, the top 20 Christmas movies of all time. And of course, Christmas is a time for family, food, forgiveness, and films. Whether it's because you've eaten so much you're temporarily unable to move from the sofa or you just need a break from having the same awkward conversations with your relatives, there's nothing quite like settling in with a box of quality street and festive classic. And for those of us whose Christmas plans have been uh, scuppered by the pandemic, movies will be even more of a comfort than usual. Here are the best of them, ranging from pure schmaltz to low-key drama, ranked, and uh, see if you can guess which ones. Coming in at number 20, the Santa Claus. When Tim Allen's Scott Calvin accidentally kills Santa Claus, a nice, lighthearted beginning to a family film, he's expected to take his place. He refuses at first, but when his hair turns white, a beard and belly grow overnight, and children start approaching him with their wish lists. He reluctantly takes the, the mantle. It's weirder and darker than it, it has any right to be, but it's enjoyable to watch. Number 19, The Apartment, when writer and director Billy Wilder first watched Brief Encounter, in which two people used a friend's house to consummate an affair, he wrote in his, new, his notebook, What about the poor schnook? who has to crawl into the still-warm bed of the lovers. The, the results of, of that scribble uh, is The Apartment, a film that, with its uh, farcical but well-wrought premise and career-best performance from Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, never puts a foot wrong. At number 18, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 version. Whether you consider this film a heartwarming gem or an insult to the 1947 original 
uh, might depend on which version you grew up with, but it's hard to argue with the performances of Rachel, uh, Richard Attenborough as Chris Kringle and Mara Wilson as the especially cynical Dory. Coming in at number 17, The Holidays, film trailer editor Amanda, Amanda Cameron Diaz and wedding columnist Iris Kate Winslet exchange homes over Christmas and attempt to escape their terrible love lives. This Nancy Myers classic is as predictable as its fake movie trailers, but it's warm and witty with a strange but sweet subplot involving an Oscar-winning uh, Nigerian. Coming in at number 16, Happy Christmas from 2014. This low-budget, entirely improvised film from Mumblecore actor-director Joe Swanberg is an under is an understand and into, in uh, underrated gem. Anna Kendrick is typically charismatic as an irresponsible twenty-something who crashes uninvited back into the life of her older brother Jeff. But the film's secret weapon is a brilliant, nuanced performance from Melanie Linsky. At fifteen, White Christmas, featuring a reimagined uh, version of the title song, which Bing Crosby introduced in Holiday Inn over a decade earlier. White Christmas was intended to reunite, uh, and that was from 1954, Crosby with Fred Astaire for their third Irving Berlin Showcase musical. Astaire declined the project, and eventually Danny Kaye starred, starred instead as an aspiring entertainer alongside Crosby. The resulting film was a box office smash and a subsequent classic. Astaire missed out. Uh, coming in at 14, The Bishop's Wife from 1947, based on Robert Nathan's 1928 novel, The Bishop's Wife stars Cary Grant as perhaps the most charming angel to ever grace the silver screen, taking on human form in order to help a struggling bishop, David Niven, Niven and his fractured marriage. Grant Dudley accidentally falls in love with the eponymous Julia, already young. He's an angel, though, not a home wrecker, and all is well come Christmas Eve. Number 13, Die Hard from 1998. Whether Whatever side you're on in the infernal debate over whether it's an actual Christmas movie, Bruce Willis thinks not. It's hard to deny that Die Hard is a perfect action movie that takes uh, that takes place on Christmas Eve and features lines like "Now I have a match gun, machine gun, ho ho ho," make it ideally holiday viewing to particular to to particularly if you're a little sick of festive slush. Coming in at nineteen nine, uh, coming in at the number 12, 19, 9, from 1999, A Christmas Carol. There have been about 100 screen adaptions of Charles Dickens' iconic novella, which sees a penny-pinching miser change his ways after encountering the ghosts of his Christmas past, present, and future. Through this made-for-television film is far from the most famous reimagining. It's one of the best th thanks in no small part to perfectly pitched performances from Patrick Stewart and Richard E. Grant. The uh, coming at number eleven, Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944. Sick of playing juvenile roles, Judy Garland really turned down her role as the lovesick Esther Smith in this musical comedy. When she finally agreed to do it, the production was marred by her erratic behavior. She would regularly turn up to set hours late or not turn up at all. It was some years later before we really knew what she'd been going through. Her co-star Mary Uster later said alluding to Garland's struggles with mental health issues and addiction. But you never know any of that watching this warm, charming film. It's also responsible for one of the best Christmas songs ever made, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And now to top ten. Coming in at number ten, Gremlins. 
There are three simple rules to keep a gremlin from wrecking havoc. Don't expose it to the light, don't get it wet, and never feed it after midnight. Naturally, over the course of this Christmas comedy horror, all three of those rules are broken. The ensuing chaos makes for a ritual viewing. And number nine, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York from 1992. It's a truth university, university of knowledge that the Home Alone franchise went on for three films too long. But this first sequel is surprisingly wonderful. Sure, it follows almost the exact same formula as the original and simply relocates to the Big Apple. But with a formula this good and with Macaulay Culkin still on board, he wisely bowed out after this one. It's hard to complain. If you're after festive cheer, though, you might want to fast forward through Donald Trump's brief cameo. They, in, in number eight, Carol from 2015. When it comes to Christmas films, there's no shortage of love and romance, but it's all overwhelmingly straight. Even Love Actually filmed a queer storyline amongst its 525 interweaving plots before deciding it should be cut from the film, leaving that Colin goes to America uh, abomination intact. And so Todd Haynes' Carol, a beautifully shot adaption of Patrick Patricia Highsmith's 1952 novel in which department store worker Therese Rooney Mara falls in love with a mysterious older woman, Kate Blanchett, in the run-up to Christmas. It is a welcome break from uh, heteronorm nativity. And number seven, happiest season from this year, 2020. Speaking of heteronative glossy mainstream Christmas rom-com with a queer couple at the center was long overdue. And boy, did writer, director, Clea Duval deliver with Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart as Abby, a kind-hearted Christmas skeptic who must pretend to be straight when her clo- when her closeted girlfriend Mackenzie Davis brings her home for the holidays. The film broke streaming records when it premiered in, on Hulu. The silver lining of it, its coronavirus uh, scoopered cinema release. The film has its dig- uh, detractors for some. The long comic farce leans too far towards genuine emotional trauma, but in the long. Slow struggled to make the Yuletide a little bit more gay. It's a great place to start. And number six, The Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. Who would have thought that one of the best interpretations of Charles Dickens' festival fable would come courtesy of a bunch of wisecracking puppets? In his role as Ebenezer Scrooge, Michael Caine vowed to act like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company, whatever ridiculous antics were happening around him. His tactic worked. And number five, Love Actually from 2003. We've all read the Jezebel article by now and know that Love Actually is flawed as hell, but there's far too much to enjoy in this ensemble uh, rom-com to write it off. Namely, Emma Thompson's extraordinary, rightly revered performance as the wronged wife of Alan Rickman. Snowman from 1982. Though this beautiful wordless animation is not widely known outside the UK, it it was first broadcast on the then-fledging Channel 4 in 1982, and then annually ever since. It was well worth 26 minutes of anyone's time revolving around a young boy and a snowman come to life. Uh, A little like Jack Frost, except not terrible. The film ends with a breathtaking flourish as the pair fly over England's snowy plains to the melancholy strains of Walk in the Air. And number three, Elf from 2003, the fish-out-of-water tale in which one of Santa's elves, Will Ferrell, discovers that he's actually a human and sets out to New York to find his father. Could have been supremely annoying if it weren't for Farrell's absolute commitment to his ludicrous role. Blustered by strong performances from James Caan, Mary Steenburgen, and Zoe Deschanel, Elf manages to be both self-aware and definitely uncynical. And number two, yep, Home Alone. After reveal from 1990, after reveling for a while in every child's ill-thought-out fantasy, 
I mean, my family disappears, said Macaulay Culkins, Kevin, when his family accidentally leave on holidays without him. Home Alone then promptly changes tack, inserting two grimy burglars in the mix, cue some of the most inventive and surprisingly violent self-defense techniques you've ever seen. Those two villains were played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, and the number one uh, Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life from 1946, and adamantly for about 120 of the film's 130 minutes, it's really not a wonderful life at all. In fact, the tale uh, of down-on-his-luck bank clerk James Stewart, driven to the brink of suicide before a, tra a training angel shows him what the world would be, would be like without him. Spoiler, much worse. It's deeply emotionally draining, but it's, almost, it's also warm, funny, timeless, life-affirming, and a deserved classic. That is number one. And now we continue our Christmas uh, look with Twas the Night Before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clutter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away from way to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to ob objects below. When what, when what to my wandering eye did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? With, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his course they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer, and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder, and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricanes fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop of the course they flew with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas, too. And then, in a, twi in, twinkling, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed in all fur from his head to his feet, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, like his nose like a cherry. He drove a little mouth with drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. A stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump and a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving the nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his lay, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, uh, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. 
and I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you now with my with a, a Christmas song. I will sing just. Um, and bear with me. I uh, this is the first for me. So here it goes. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh to see if reindeer on a sleigh and every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeers really know how to fly and so i'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two although it's been said many times many ways merry christmas to you and so i'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two although it's been said many times many ways merry christmas to you so um and before i go i just want you know the song that opened the christmas segment was we wish you a merry christmas john denver and the muppets and we've come to the end of our show. Thank you for joining us today on the Stu Effect. I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. And, uh, of course, heed the, uh, the government's, uh, the government's uh, warnings and stay with your loved ones. Have a virtual Christmas. And until we meet again, this is Stuart Myers saying, Ciao for now and Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us. The fates allow 
Hang a shining star upon the highest bough and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bar and have yourself a merry little Christmas now.